listening to ComedySlamRadio.com. From our studios to the world, we bring you the finest in quality entertainment. So pop some popcorn, grab a smooch buddy, and settle in for another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Be Frank show on ComedySlamRadio.com where we bring you national touring and celebrity comedian interviews. Follow us on Twitter at Let's Be Frank Show. And if you miss our live broadcast, you can find us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's Podcast. And please contact us with any questions or information about advertising and sponsoring at Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank at Yahoo.com. Good evening, and welcome to another exciting show of the Let's Be Frank show on Comedy Slam Radio. I got a great show planned for you guys tonight. I have the very lovely, very sexy Maureen Sullivan in her Honey Boo Boo tiara here. Hello, everybody. (laughs) If you can zoom in on the tiara, people, you're going to love that. To, To my right. I have the ever fat and jiggly Gwiggy. How you doing, Gwiggy? I, I'm disappointed that I'm not lovely and beautiful as well. But you yeah. should uh, pass the tiara. If you were lovely and beautiful, I would be gay, and uh, that would be an issue for me. Yeah. And we also have a very special guest calling in. We have Ricky March. How are you, Ricky? I'm lovely and beautiful. That's how I am. <laughs> there you go. I don't have a tiara on. <laughs> Well, we can send you one. Uh, do, do you want a Honey Boo Boo one? Uh, we got the old, no, we, we got the Burger King crown here. <laughs> right. But you're on Atkins, uh, so the no, Burger I, King, you can only eat the buns. You can't eat the buns. You can't eat the buns. No, I, I will eat, however, the double whopper with cheese and scrape off the ketchup because there's too much sugar in the ketchup. You know, not not that we're going to go down a whole food (laughs) thing, but you know what's funny for for a fat bastard like myself? I'm not a condiment man. I don't really care about ketchup. If I have to add stuff to food to make it taste better, why am I eating it? Within reason. Now, this is what I'm saying as a massively fat bastard, but I just don't add sauce. I just eat lots of the extra food. Dude, why can't you just, like... Get it your way. It's Burger King. That's what they advertise, man. Well, Stop be- scraping crap off of that. It's too much work. <laughs> okay. He, got, I, he has I a point there. I don't dine at the drive-thru anymore because, uh, uh, you know, in Illinois, they put truck scales in at the drive-thru. And as I would tip the scale at it, you hear from the speaker, how about a salad and water, you fat bastard? <laughs> uh, I go inside to get my food now. It's funny. I was uh, I was on a date. The other night, and she was a pretty blonde-haired girl, prettier than I should have been with. Uh, everybody here knows her. Uh, oh, Sheila. Oh, yeah. She's yes. way too pretty Sheila, for you. Yeah. It probably really isn't even officially a date because I'm never going to get none. Definitely. But uh, <laughs> we're going through the McDonald's drive through window, and the guy looks at me, and he goes, hey, it's you. I've never seen you out of uniform before. And I'm like, oh, shit. How bad do I feel about my McDonald's experience I need to cut down. This guy's never seen me without a shirt and tie. Oh, I've never seen you without a tie on. Oh, God. Ricky, I need some help. No problem. Hey, Dave, listen, did you take her home and help her with her homework to your date after you were done? <laughs> no, I didn't. I said she could do it later. Oh. Uh, you know. Oh, okay, good. I do try to only get girls that are have college homework, though. You know, I, I'm just jumping in here, Ricky. You know what? Because I don't think people tuning in actually understand why we went down this Atkins road. So give yourself a moment and explain the success here. 
Because the reason I saw your picture again okay. is because I saw that you uh, <clears throat> accomplished something phenomenal and you're in the running for some major money with Atkins. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. If well, I knew you had a chance I, of making I money, I'd have charged you for this show. Huh? <laughs> no, I didn't win. Uh, I lost 85 pounds in a year. You go, and boy. I've that's also awesome. I kept it off in the last, in another, in a year since then. Um, and uh, when Maureen and I met in Las Vegas five years ago, I was uh, close to 320 pounds. That'd be a good day for me if I got back down to 320. <laughs> I've been feeling yeah. sweet. You're not going to win right. on this it interview was, here. Was, so what was the defining factor? Because I think you actually posted this. What made you decide to go on Atkins? It was it was one of those hallmark moments exactly. uh, I, that uh, a person very close to me who was never critical at all of my size or lack thereof in some places just looked at me one day and he goes, you know, you're fat. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we'd never gone there, and that was uh, that was uh, like earth shattering for me. So I said, "Well, that's enough of that shit." And uh, I did see that in the new Atkins book, uh, there was a guy, Michael Ballantyne, who I had read his stuff in Men's Health, and it was. Uh, so I, I knew there was more to the science. I decided I was going to exercise this time, and it made a difference. Yeah, I decided I was going to so follow the plan. About, <laughs> it was not about health. It wasn't yeah. about any of that. It was about somebody giving me the, oh, by the way, we know you're you're a lard ass. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, yeah. congrats on your success, seriously, because it's uh, I'm amazing. very happy for you. You know what? I have been up and down on the You know what I have to do, life. though? Seriously, I have to. Not only did I throw out pants, I threw out a lot of great fat jokes. Oh. Send them my way. <laughs> I, I have plenty of fat joke room. I could probably go another year, year and a half if I started diet today doing fat jokes. So. The audiences no longer laugh when you're not 300 at some of the fat jokes. They would think you're mean. It's funny. Now, um, it's true, I am mean, but that's that's. One of the changes I had to make. Well, there's another comedian that I know here who told me the same thing. Uh, everybody in here knows uh, Johnny, Johnny Bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Johnny did a show with me recently, uh, a charity show, and we were talking. And he used to be close to 500 pounds. And he, I wow. mean, he's still a big guy. I think he's around three. But he's gone down real, real thin, and then he's gone back up. And he himself said there was a time when he did some fat jokes because he still kind of considered himself a fat guy. And after the show, some fat people told him they were offended. I was like, really? <laughs> so, you know, I guess you got to be careful with it. So I'm, I'm going to, until I get better material, I'm just going to have to stay fat. Just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> Plus it keeps the wrinkles away. Fat doesn't wrinkle. You just keep pushing it out. A recommendation. Oh, There's some words of advice. He's looking at me. Wrinkles? No, you don't want wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fountain of youth. Keep eating. Listen, I, I don't have any ashy skin or dry skin, which must be the grease from like the burgers and stuff. There's some health value there. It's the, it's the mayonnaise from the Burger King. There you go, mayonnaise. It's a nice moisturizer for the skin on the inside. Yes. It comes out. You know, I no, I'm not going to go down that perverted <laughs> no. road. 
Should we go down a perverted oh road? Oh, my God, go Maureen, I'm so sorry. Man. No, it's okay. <laughs> Maureen knows I'm sharing me well your enough. success, Ricky. I'm sharing your success here. Go ahead. Go down the road. So let, We're let's, at the Wizard of Oz of Atkins. Let's hear it. <laughs> let, let's just jump off of the Atkins for a second. Jump off the cliff, in just, other words. Let's... Just in case anybody who's listening for the first right, time. Right, they might think, yeah. We are, we are actually all comics, some more successful than others. Uh, I'm not on the successful side. But uh, why don't we all tell everybody just a little bit about how we got into comedy. So, Ricky, why don't you talk first about what brought you to comedy the first time? And I know we spoke a little bit before about the first comics that you talked about, so include that. But what made you decide, I'm going to test my testicular fortitude and get on stage and see if I could be funny? Well, I everybody likes somebody who makes them laugh. I noticed that from going back to grade school. Class clowns, everybody liked them, whether or not they were popular. And I would listen to Bill Cosby records at night, and he would make me laugh telling his stories. And I, then when I was 12, my parents took me to see Don Rickles, and he had the room in hysterics. And he didn't curse, and he just made people... I curse now, but uh, he, just had the, he just had everybody in tears. And I said, geez, I want a piece of that. And um, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, the rest is I, I took some time off. I had a couple of different careers in Wall Street and in finance and never really enjoyed them as much as I'm having fun uh, doing stand-up and acting. Now, we were talking a little earlier today, and now you're, we're going to say you're pretty successful in comedy. You're to the point now where you're, you're a really good feature act and your next level is going to be to start headlining. But you right. also, you have a unique niche for the business aspect of it because you do comedy roasts. Exactly. How'd you get into that part of it? Because I, I t- recently took part in a roast and part of it went well and part of it I thought wasn't great. So I wanted to hear some, you know, why you went down that route and how you establish yourself as being a good roaster. What's important? Well, the, the couple things is, first of all, you got to be you just have to be present and in the moment. And when you're doing that and your crowd work and interaction with people, you have to be very confident with it. And that's where that's, I think my, that's my, I think I know that is my favorite part of stand up is messing with the crowd in bigger clubs. You can't do it mm-hmm. unless it's the first six or seven tables, but in smaller clubs, more intimate, you can mess with the entire room. And that's hysterical. I'm glad you gave me that warning. So if I ever get invited to a big club, don't mess with everybody. <laughs> There's no fear of that. Well, it's hard to mess with people in the upper balcony, is all I'm saying. It's true. Yeah. Very true. I wonder if I look skinnier and, uh, to the people in the upper balconies. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> no, go and ahead. We're Rick. back to fat. <laughs> I, I'm all over the place. I told you before, you know, it's just me. Well, we bounce. First time I was on stage at the Comedy Store in La Jolla, I ran up to the stage, tripped on something, boom, hit the ground, jumped up, and I go, it's true, we wobble and we don't fall down. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Was, sadly, it was the biggest laugh I got all night. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to top the uh, the unmentionable or the under pre-worked fall on your face. Hey, so, Ricky, right. what's been the... Ricky, this morning, what's been the best roast that you've you've done? 
The best roast I've done, I would say, was uh, last Christmas. Uh, we did a corporate show. And I have a very detailed form that I sent to people so I can get information. And I didn't get much back. This is a company of uh, steel workers that build bridges and dams, and they float stuff on barges to get away. And it's in central Michigan, and it's all blue-collar. And so I went to their website, and there are 15 people who were like general managers of the company, and I wrote a couple jokes on each of them for their party. And this was so much fun because I had the jokes written down, then you're calling these big steel workers gay, and this guy's got a gay puppy, and you cook. And I said, seriously, how many men do you sleep with? And the whole room went crazy. (laughs) And that to me, is when you can go into the heart of blue collar of America and they and they will not shoot you for being a Jew in the first place and then you get them to laugh, that's the best. So I think that's the most fun I've ever had. Okay. Flip side, what's been the worst experience? Because <laughs> that's my fear. The worst. And it can't be the Let's Be Frank show because it's not <laughs> over yet. It, it can only get better from here. <laughs> This is, people have, you guys have been laughing, so that's okay. I would say I did a casino show in Iowa several years ago, and I, I said something about, in case you haven't seen it, this is what a Jew looks like, and some woman in the audience goes, what makes you think we don't know what Jews are? And I said, well, because it's Northern Iowa, and you don't really have them here. And she said, some of my best friends are Jewish. And I said, well, there you go. Some and of them. <laughs> it, never got, it never got funny. It never got funny. Right. You, so I am was, Jewish, but I very, I very rarely refer to it on stage. Only when I'm talking about how I don't get laid because I'm short, fat, and Jewish. It's a great pickup line. That's not why. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Ricky, how much, how much work? Why. You could do that. What's you can that? be the handsomest guy in the world. All you got to do is stick a $100 bill on your forehead. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to get a lot of stuff. Definitely. Well, yeah, $100 worth of stuff. <laughs> well, listen, Anyways. man. I, How got... do you think I met Maureen? <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. I thought whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Remember, Ricky? We took that pledge. He didn't say what happened. He <laughs> just said it cost 100 He didn't say what happened. He just said it cost yeah, 100 bucks. Yep. You're pretty cheap. I didn't know that. <laughs> I would. I would. I didn't we know. I would have, that I had to buy drinks under the Las Vegas Comedy Festival's banner. Yeah, nice. definitely. The, your time. eyes met across the room. Exactly. They both had double cheeseburgers in their hand because this is pre Atkins. <laughs> no, because I was on Atkins then too. Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> so Atkins didn't work right. out. So I was staring at the. You're still love. <laughs> well, the irony is, apparently, all these years I've kind of like well. Perhaps I'll count the carbs today. Perhaps I won't. Perhaps I'll actually have that. Oh, yeah, what I'll have that side of beef with butter and a cracker and blow the whole day. You know. So yeah, I'm learning now that actually oh, yeah. when you do what the book requires, it actually works out. Ironically speaking. So. Um, yeah, but, well, hold on. I think Greggy's dying to ask a question here. <laughs> no, I, I was curious, Ricky. How much how much work do you have to put in for each individual roast? Because a lot of these are. I, you just said one was a blue collar play, uh, blue collar town or blue collar company, and then you have other celebrities and stuff that you guys roast too, right? 
Right. Well, the celebrities are easier because there's more information accessible. Right. So nice. you don't necessarily need to go to them, uh, you know, to get some deep dark secrets. Mm-hmm. But when you go to a, you go to a company, or or even just for an individual birthday roast, it's really important to get as much information as possible. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that for most of them, you just like the celebrities you see on TV. You have your notes with you, so to rip from the notes, that's a no brainer. Mm. All right. Well, it's funny because I think I'm going to have to do a little roasting in about yeah. two weeks because yeah. I have I have this show called The Cholesterol's a Comedy. It's this high-quality <laughs> show we do once a year at a great place called Coconuts Jack's Joint. Very, very good. And then the next day, I'm driving three or four hours to go do my aunt's 70th birthday party who, God bless her soul, she is probably going to be listening to this tonight or tomorrow <laughs> morning. She is my number one fan. And I just don't know what I have in store for you yet, Aunt Toby. It's going to be fun, though. You brought this upon yourself. You asked me to do this, to roast you and to have fun. So, Ricky, how do I roast a 70-year-old Jewish aunt? What do you think? What should I say to her? Well, I would go with low heat. Make sure you baste her often. (laughs) (laughs) You know, burn her occasionally. Uh, Make sure that none of the hair turns blue. Yeah. We have to watch it. We all just looked at each other like, what? No. I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking she's so skinny, it's probably going to take two seconds to roast her. Maybe we got to go for the for the grill Ooh, or the rotisserie stop. grill. Oh, my. And it's funny. Cause... I got to say, by the way, uh, Dave, that took a whole lot longer than it should have. <laughs> I think Very I got lost. Maureen got it, and she's, she deals drugs for a living. Maureen is trying to deal diet drugs to fat people. This is not a successful career. Oh, this is going to make me not want to eat. Whatever gets you high, brother. Uh, Prozac during the day and a couple of shots of Nyquil to go to sleep at night. Who needs a drug dealer? Perfect. Out of work again. I actually, you know, what's funny. I know you guys have got that. You have that amazing gun law, don't you? Where you can walk in, buy a pistol, then go down the street and get a 12-pack? Absolutely. Oh, I don't think sure. you're allowed to get a 12-pack unless you have a pistol. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> nice. You know, the, the Florida, and I'm originally from New York, Florida is one hell of an effed-up state. Mm-hmm. The very first thing I saw, and maybe it's just because I'm a horn dog, I, dry, I, I actually lived in Chicago for about four months, Rick. Do you like Rick or Ricky? Oh, okay. I lived there Either for way, about... Ricky's good. All right. So I lived there for about four months, and then I drove and moved to Florida. And the first thing you see when you come into the state for like the first five miles is billboards. And every single one of them is thumbs up massage, showers available, truckers wanted or truck truckers welcome. Uh, Obviously the parking and rear. I got about 15 (laughs) minutes into the state and I had to pull over and rub one out. It was so exciting. And then all those titty joints and why are you looking at me with this? <laughs> well, my titties are not attractive. You probably have better titties than I do. I'm assuming that you do. Yes. I haven't seen them. Yes. Don't tell him, Ricky. Do not tell him. <laughs> what was that last part? I said so much for this being simulcast on TV. Right. <laughs> your yeah, you know what's funny? This is filmed and goes out live on the radio, and it goes out live on UStream. And 
I just feel bad for any poor bastards that actually watch my fat ass doing the show. And I'm white, so I might half blend into the yeah. sign behind me today. Or does that make me look bigger or smaller? Smaller. Sweet. When I blend into the wall, you just see my head <laughs> popping out. He, he believed it for five seconds. Was that five? Right. I'm a pretty sharp dude. I don't yeah. think it took five. Maybe 4.329. Um, so, Rick. Uh, Ricky, I'm sorry. He said Ricky. Either. Um, who are some of your idols as stand-ups? Because we spoke about it before. And I think you were, was it Don Rickles was one of the, one of your first comics that you really enjoyed seeing? Don Rickles, Bill Cosby. Uh, I listen, I have all Cosby albums. I have nice. Slip Wilson, Myron Cohen. These are all, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm showing my age, but uh, those guys really set the tone. Richard Pryor really set the tone for uh, at least what what I call my comedy persona. Right. Okay. Modern day, uh, modern day, I would say, uh, Louis Black, Louis C.K., obviously. Uh, John Stewart's stand-up is, is great. phenomenal. Yes. Effortless and brilliant. If you ever can see him do stand-up, he's political, he's funny, and he does an hour and a half by himself. It's amazing. just talks to you. Nice. Yeah, it's, he is, I, I remember watching him a long time before he, you know, before he went mainstream and just on TV and very good. Um, there's so many people. I know some of them, the first memories I have of comedians growing up is uh, Red Skelton and George Burns. And I've said it on shows before, oh, yeah. and I'm nothing like those guys, but those were the first people that I ever got to watch. And if I could be half as classy as George Burns was one day when he is on stage, I would be happy if I could just have a, a ten. You are. You are. I'm classy? You're classy. You're lying. I bought you a $3 soda with some <laughs> lime in it. George was smoking $35 cigars. And, and what was his line? I send my doctor what I don't finish. <laughs> Come on. George uh, Burns was God. Uh, Burns and Allen, he was the greatest straight man of all time mm-hmm. because Gracie got all the jokes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You need a sidekick. So. Yeah, I need a sidekick. Well, you need a sidekick on stage. Well, actually, back at that time, anyways, maybe it's the Frank and Maureen show. Oh, <laughs> amen, amen. I'm you know, feeling it. Maureen is going to be on a show with me this weekend. Yeah, it's yes. going to be great. We're going to we're in two weeks. We're, Maureen is part of the cholesterols of comedy. If she loses too much weight, we're going to kick her out of the group. There's another guy, JT, who we tolerate because he kind of created the show. I'd like to punch him in the face because he's looking at me now, but I don't want to look that way for him to acknowledge. I don't want to have to acknowledge his existence. And then we got this real skinny guy who's going to emcee it, and he's probably got the worst cholesterol out of all of us, Dave Hines. And then we have one of Maureen's favorite people in the world, Sean Pervers. I mean, Sean the pervert. I mean, Sean Pervers. So, what do you, Ricky, what do you think of a show called, or a troupe called The Cholesterols of Comedy? Dear God, what comes to mind? <laughs> well, I'm just thinking there's, you know, it's going to be one big fat bastard body fest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe well, you would then call our Maureen been, fat. Our goal's been met here. <laughs> I can't believe you would call uh, Maureen fat, Ricky. I'm I'm a little surprised and shocked yeah. and amazed. Well, I would <laughs> never say such a thing. Wait, wait till no. you see yeah. Well. I, I understand where you went with probably it. Probably squatty bodies of comedy was taken. Squatty bodies. 
the, the domain name for the website was already gone, so yeah. <laughs> so. Maybe we could do the Weebles yeah. Wobble, but they don't fall down show. Right. And by the way, that Squatty Body site, I own it, and it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Nice. I own uh, the Let's Be Frank show and FatDavy.com. Nice. I haven't done shit with either one, but I own them. None of you bastards even pro- mm-hmm. You could try to find it. I didn't put nothing up on yeah. it yet. Nice. Fat Davy. I'm, I'm gonna... often toyed with the inappropriate comedy tour. Nice. That's a good one. But I think we'd only sell out in northern Florida and <laughs> West Virginia. <laughs> nice. I, I, have a, I, I have a dream. Uh, and unfortunately, I have to stay fat for it. But... Uh... <laughs> But it's but it's, I want to do the fat bald bastards of comedy, or the big bald bastards of comedy, something like that. The BBBC. <laughs> That's... The BBBC. I'm, I'm speechless. You spend too much time on those ads. Yeah. The BBW. <laughs> he, he's just sitting at home thinking up titles. He's not actually working on any material yet. Yeah, I, I have about six seconds worth of material, a hope and a prayer, and then I pick on the audience a bit. They actually, it's funny, they're asking me to close the show, and for some odd reason, (laughs) that knucklehead JT thinks I have the ability to do 20 minutes of comedy. So I figure I'm going to do about three minutes of funny material, and then weeble and wobble on the stage a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Hope I don't fall down. It's going to take a fall for the crowd. That's great. Take a fall for the crowd. I think they're going to reinforce the stage. That's great. It's big. So you're coming out there for the show, no Ricky? In <laughs> I think you need to fly in for the show. Really? Well, I can have my manager talk to you. Uh, wait, I'll get them for you. Hey, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think tickets are ten bucks at the door. If you're a nurse, you get a little something special. Special. Uh, you can buy a copy of Maureen Sullivan's book. Have we talked about your book yet? No, sir. Oh, no. my God. You can buy a copy of Maureen Sullivan's book while you're at the show. What's the name of your book, Maureen? Uh, uh, let's see. Never Again, From Horror t- to Humor, <laughs> The you know, Story of My Life. If, if you're going to promote your book, you should know the fucking title. Yes, I'm just, sir. just yes, saying. Sir. Just what, go to MaureenSullivanRN.com, Ricky. Just go there, buy them up, just bring them to your next full sold-out crowd. And Dude, dude, she just re- rewrites this crap. She didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, listen, I do not read books normally because I'm a dumb shit. And I read like all 90 pages of your book. Exactly. And it's, I think that includes the forward and the table of contact. Right. <laughs> Did you have a Well, if that isn't an endorsement. Yes, I did. There you yes, go. I See, did. I wasn't even lying. Yes. So what's the book about? It's a, my my career as an emergency room nurse. It's just and, story after story. And there's some crazy stories. And they're all true. And, and people are not believing that they're true, Ricky. I think, so. I think Ricky, yeah. that she should tell us the opening story. Or I'll tell yes, it. Tell You'll tell it. Go story. ahead and tell it. Basically... Uh, Maureen's first experience as a nurse, uh, she thought she killed somebody with, what was it potatoes. mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. She, she was 16 or 17. 16 as a nursing assistant. A nursing assistant. And they left her ro- alone in the room with this guy who apparently was closer to death than anybody thought. <laughs> and she took a handful of potatoes and she feeds them to him and she turns her back to grab a scoop more and when she goes back to the left the guy's dead getting ready to turn blue 
And what was it? Christmas or Thanksgiving? It was, it was Christmas. It was <laughs> Christmas, and you here you are killing people, and then you go home to have Christmas dinner with your family. And guess what's being served, Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> and there's more mashed the potatoes. <laughs> and okay. now. Tell the story a little better than what I'm well, doing. Well, this now. is it, and it's 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 so crystal clear in my head that because I was 16, I'm just astonished how quickly this story came back, and it, and it really did happen. And the irony was that during they call us, they call a code, and people come in droves, and they you know unsuccessfully resuscitate this person, but they look at me, and I'm like in the corner, just devastated that I think I've killed somebody, and they turn to me, and the one thing I remember is they go, "You can go to dinner now." <laughs> Like, you're done here, you know. <laughs> but this elderly person was demented and was always moaning and this and that. And so later that evening, we're back, and somebody came up and thanked me. And they made a comment. They went, oh, it's so much quieter this evening. <laughs> and in essence, like, hey, thanks for what you did. And I went home, and I was, like, devastated. And then Christmas dinner is served, and there's more mashed potatoes, and I just lose it, you know. But, yeah, it was it was great. And, but didn't your family ask you what happened, and yeah. you told them I killed somebody with mashed potatoes? <laughs> and then it was like, you know what, we're we're not going to ask you anymore. And that was <laughs> the end of that Christmas tale. <laughs> so I, I don't understand how you didn't mm-hmm. give up on nursing in mm-hmm. that very moment. I, I I don't know either, but I, and I save those kind of stories because they're they're good learning experiences. I actually am adjunct faculty at some nursing schools in the area. So hey, by the way, guys, if you want to be a nurse. <laughs> Try not to kill anybody with mashed potatoes. Peas are much better. <laughs> so she was during it the lumpy holidays. or was it just he was ready to go? He was ready to go. Service. They assured me for years afterwards. <laughs> 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 they assured me he was See, just ready to go. Ad- and what it really now t- on Atkins, you would never have that issue. Exactly. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Subconsciously, that's why I've been on Atkins all my life, because I have a fear of mashed potatoes. <laughs> What about mashed potatoes with spinach in them? Those are good. It's the potato, the carb part, that's the issue here. For so you. The answer, you give the old people baked potatoes, which they can't chew, but at least they won't die. Right. <laughs> you know what's funny when you talk? I'm, I'm going to pick on my grandfather here for a second. God rest his soul. He's no longer with us. But one of my first real memories was, he. you know, a lot of the older people, they, they didn't have their teeth. Mm-hmm. So my grandfather had fake teeth, but in the morning he would come up with that grandfather, no teeth in smile. And you can't, you know, he's an old Jewish guy and you got to love him. But unfortunately, when you don't put your teeth in, you can't gum down a bagel. So he used to have to, and it oh, was yeah. great. He would dunk his roll. He'd get a hard roll, dunk it in coffee and just like and numb, numb it, it down. <laughs> num, 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 num. And it was the greatest thing in the world. And, you know, I forgave him for all that because every time he used to come up, he used to take off his shoe and he'd unroll his wad of cash and like hand me a oh, 50 or a 100. Okay. And he's like, shh, don't tell Millie. Don't tell your grandmother. Don't tell this. Don't tell nobody I got money here. That's why I keep <laughs> it in the front of my shoe. So to this day, I still wear a size bigger. And that's where I keep that's where I keep my money. That's why it stinks. Nobody it's wants that's why, I, that's why I'm wealthy. Nobody wants my stinky money. Nobody. You know, I also have a relative who sits at the table and says, God rest her soul. And I look at him and I go, but Uncle Stewart, she's right here. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. Because God rest her soul, they should at least let the person be gone. But no. Did I say God rest her soul? What did I say about my aunt? God bless her? God bless her. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be laughing at the fact to, that all this. They're just going to play this show. You know what? Maybe I will fly in for your aunt's roast. That would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't know if I can afford it, but I think she's got a couch you could sleep on. Right. Uh, I'm sleeping at my cousin's house, I think. But we'll like it. My dad's going to be there. It's going to be fun. It'll be the whole Frank shindig. Beautiful. How old is your aunt? 70, she's going to be 70. Right? Yeah. I, 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 you know, you might have to fight with her boyfriend if you're going to try to ask her out. And he and he's well, a living. He's been there a while. She'll never be bluish. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> I only heard the last part. What was that? I said, once you go Jewish, you'll never be bluish. Nice. There you go. And you know, I I can honestly say I don't know that she's ever dated a, a non-Jewish man. I need to get me some of Jewish girls. Not. Huh? Of course not. It huh? would be horrible, Francis. What's the matter with you? I dated one. I dated one Jewish girl. It lasted two years, and it was over. It was fun though for two yeah, you years. Were, you were worried you wouldn't have a set for this birthday party. <laughs> I think. Well, you know, everybody's getting so old in my family, and I'm sure I could just pick on how they're all going to be old and leave me nothing in their wills after the show. <laughs> all right, I'm here to ruin my fortune. Uh, I am going to pick on everybody, and you will all cut me out of your wills. Or you'll be like my father, and my father always says, Dave, if I have any money left when I die, I did something wrong, so don't count on me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Which I hope he's lying. I hope. Check the shoes. Check the shoes. <laughs> See if he's got, Dad, are your shoes bigger than they need to be? Just wondering. But that's great. I love that when my father says that to me. I'm like, oh, I, can't, I can't wait till I have nothing. <laughs> said everybody else if i have anything left at the end i did something wrong ask him what happens if you run out early oh, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say i got your dad beat i got nothing now there yeah. you go yeah <laughs> so you're doing it right basically is what you're saying there's no point in having nothing in life you can't take it with you and when i don't know i guess there's some points <laughs> as soon as i have some something i'll think there's a point to it yes. until then i don't need nothing <laughs> I, I could live fine on two bits and the dollar store macaroni. I like the dollar oh, store. Too many carbs. I know, I, I know. I Listen, I was broke once for so long, for like three or four months. The only thing I was able to afford was uh, the little 33-cent bags of Modelo Mexican macaronis that you were able to get at uh, Big Lots. And I ate those for like four months. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Sometimes I would mix it up. I put hot sauce on it. Ah, and that's yeah. where it all came from. The, the hot ramen sauce noodles. Thing. Yeah. Mm, ramen noodles. <laughs> as long as you don't put in that shitty mix they have. Right. That'll blow out your ventricles. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, that, it's a you know, 10 cent meal with like 6,000 milligrams of sodium. Yeah. yeah. But you could take those noodles and just mix them up. You just take two of those noodles and you mix it up with like some black bean salsa. Okay. And you're good to go. No, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. We're going out after. Fun. Where are we going? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going Atkins friendly, or are we just saying fuck it? <laughs> well, right before we came here, we stopped at the bar right across the street, and we asked the lady, oh, they have a new menu here. And she goes, what was the comment? <laughs> House of food. I don't know. I bring my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, She goes. I sold the sandwich to somebody today. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I am not ordering. But they do make great drinks. I love to go there. And uh, so, Rick, you do comedy, huh? Tell yeah. us about that. 
It's a comedy show, I right? I was down in the studio with you guys because I think the after party is going to be more fun than the show. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all going to have a have a boob contest to see whose is bigger. Please, and no. I think I'm going to win. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I got some money on Maureen's. Yeah, no, no. Withering away by the minute here. Hey, listen, um, I don't believe either of these gentlemen have ever been to this Las Vegas Comedy Festival, so why don't you tell us what you remember from it? It's been like, what, six years? Maybe seven? It has been. I don't even know that they do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I remember we were, at, uh, we were at a very inexpensive hotel, but we had uh, four nights of competition. Yep. And... Uh, there was a couple of different seminars. I remember the sitcom writing seminar. Exactly, with the exactly. Who was the executive producer of Reba? Yeah. Oh, nice. But they had the uh, everybody and loves was- Raymond. They assigned us um, a group of I think four or five of us to get together and uh, to write uh, a sitcom episode. That was the assignment of this work. Right. Yeah. Wow. But um, it it was great yeah, because it was that. it was international comedian accessibility. I mean, people from all over the world were there, and then every evening. They literally had, you know, their version of an open mic, even though it was a contest. And people were on the stage every five to seven minutes from all over the world. And so you got to see what is so funny in Australia and so funny in England and stuff. And and it was just such a networking experience. But it's absolutely amazing. The uh, now, were you guys invited there, or you guys just said, "Hey, we're going"? What's the deal? Um, you actually you buy in. Well, I mean, it's a. Uh, a festival, I, I would call it a conference more than a festival thing. So it was, um, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I think, probably a couple hundred dollars. But I do remember the irony because I was just starting comedy then. And I saw on the website it said, it is uh, highly preferred that you've been doing comedy for two to three years to, to be in this festival because they have bookers, they have agents, they have everybody there all week long watching all these performances. And so I called, and, and the only thing nice about being a nurse who's a comic is there is some disposable income available. So I called, <laughs> I called, and and she's like, you know, we've only got like three spots left. And I'm, she's like, how long have you been doing comedy? I'm like, oh, about two or three. And she goes, years. That's great. You're in. And it had been about three months, you know. So, uh, well, no. that's all right because if you think she only had three spots left, yeah. <laughs> Hell don't break yeah. a bubble seven years later right okay do not break the bubble i earned my way okay sorry. listen you are the international do woman you, do they call you mo yeah they do Maureen? you can you can you hear like the enthusiasm yeah they do who calls you mo oh okay. lots of people i never called you that's mo. and i appreciate it i never even thought to call you mo that's you okay. just you dislike it? I I don't like it. No. You're gonna be mo from <laughs> exactly. here on out. <laughs> mo 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 mo. I need mo. Yep. Here we mo, go. Mo, isn't that the bartender's name from yeah. The Simpsons? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and you like bartending stories? I love them. What? <laughs> you have part of your act is the bartending story. With yes, the, my niece with the two year old in your yeah. family or something. Definitely. Because you hand out the, the good jobs early. <laughs> 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 You're gonna be a bartender. You're going to be a crack dealer. Uh, go ahead and mix some drinks because Uncle Tommy over there, O'Leary, is ready. Uncle <laughs> Tommy O'Leary. And all this time I thought you weren't paying attention in the back of the comedy shop. That's I great. hear. That's listen, beautiful. Look at the size of these elephant ears. I hear everything. These are like little hamster speed bags. People walk up behind me. It's pitiful. The visual is going to be with So me. size matters? Is that what you're saying, Dave? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Well, now that we know about the size of his shoes. Okay, well, I legitimately wear a size 13 and a half to a 14 yeah. triple E. And it's loaded with money from your grandfather. Uh, no, I spent the money he yes. gave me. <laughs> it's got the money I have left. All those quarters. It's a lot harder so, to walk with change. <laughs> it's, it's a lot harder so to walk with change than it is. four-inch penis. Four? Oh, there's a Jew with a four-inch penis? Damn it. How come I wasn't so on what, that list? What's with, I guess? Oh, with. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he said four, four inches long. I was like, damn, that's double my shit. It's good shit. <laughs> Gwiggy's staying quiet because he didn't even <laughs> got like... 25% of that. He's not sure he even has a penis. Are you going to talk? What, what happened? I'm getting in there eventually, yeah. <laughs> You're getting in where? With one inch, you ain't getting in nowhere. Just saying. Ricky, I need help. <laughs> Did you know this was going to happen when you call in? Did you, like, listen to past shows to find out how fucked up I am before you called? Absolutely not. I, <laughs> I decided I'd sit in my kitchen, take off my pants, and hope for the best. <laughs> hey, That's a good idea. We I think we should all too. take off our pants. Hold on. Maureen, you first. Mo! Mo! Oh, oh, oh. game over. (laughs) Game over. So are you saying... Yeah, but uh, what if she's got a bigger penis than you? Uh, Hey, so uh, changing the subject, uh, Ricky, do you know who Honey Boo Boo is? I I am so aware of this culturally (laughs) that I think it's thanks to Honey Boo Boo, I'm now going to hope the Mayans are right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've heard that, that line, awesome. and I've heard really, the apocalypse is around the corner. now is that the Mayans are correct, and we no longer have to endure that shit after December. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because it was in the paper today. They upped the, uh, they tripled the pay for this family. And it's, they renewed for another it's season. It's really sad that you wanted to get that out onto the radio. I do, that because that's... That information is that your favorite reality show? No, but that's why, because when he looks at this video, if he's not doing it live, you will see the tiara on. And I thought, if this girl, this seven-year-old, can get a reality show where you have subtitles, even though they're speaking English, <laughs> then I'm going for a TV show as well. It, it reminds me of the movie, uh, and I watched it with Sheila. It was The Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. If you've never no. seen it, rent it. It is about hillbilly trash from West Virginia, and it's all real. Like these people are—they are amazingly disgusting, and they're real. They're famous for being illiterate, moron, crazy people that get arrested. It's a whole family, like fifty of them. So they shoot each. It, it was the most. It was one of those movies that you pause to go pee because you can't miss a moment. <laughs> And every single time you watch it, you learn something new. You're like, holy cow, I didn't know it could get worse. How did I not see that the first time through? So, Dave, how long ago was this we were in this? Uh, I've never been in West Virginia. Screw you, buddy. That's all I got to say to you, Gwiggy. Why did I? Listen, Screw we can you, pick on everybody. See, that's how that starts, Dave. In West Virginia, the neighbors start screwing, and then they find out they're cousins, and then they get married and have more cousins. It's there's not a lot that I won't do, but, you know, the whole family thing is just harsh. I don't see how people can even go down that road. And I won't do you, Gwiggy. Don't even give me we're, those we're puppy cousins. dog's eyes. Totally not don't, don't give me those puppy dog eyes like you want some. I'm giving you shit. You're lucky you get to come to the show. True. <laughs> that right. was too easy. Maureen, do you think I'm, I'm just going to 
lower the bar here a little bit. Maureen, do you think... <laughs> Can it go any lower, Ricky? What? <laughs> ...for Romney to get Honey Boo Boo to come out and say she's supporting Obama? Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. But she did that. I'm for Obama for president. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole country might swing to Romney. <clears throat> Well, they said he probably win with a landslide because everybody is going to be following that girl forever. Well, it is. I mean, it's one of the worst shows on TV. All of a sudden, vote for her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She'd be the write in. (laughs) The write in. Yeah, they said during the Democratic convention, cabinet position, secretary of stupid. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of people that should be demoted to secretary of stupid. Yeah. Have you now with all the people that you've roasted, and hey, why why we're talking about the roast? Why don't you call out the website so people know where to go? So if they're in not only the Chicago area, but will you go all over the country to roast? Right, and we can be hired through that website as well. It's bestcomedyroasts.com. You know that is such an elaborate um, name. How long did it take to come up with <laughs> bestcomedyroasts.com? That is intelligent. I mean, it's well, right to the point. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for inquiring. Funny <laughs> you should ask. Comedyroast.com was taken, so I went with best comedy roast. There Fuck you go, those guys. Well, you should have went with we're better than comedyroast.com. <laughs> we're better than those other guys. Roast.com. It's too long, so I went with best. Nice. I like it. All right. Cool. Thanks. I like the original name of my show was Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank, and everybody right. was of the opinion. I thought it had a nice ring to it. Everybody just thought I like to hear my name a lot, and I, 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 you know, now I've changed it to the Let's Be Frank show, so nobody could love it, love it, think that it's all about me. And tell your listeners where they can find the show. Uh, if you're not already listening, <laughs> <laughs> then you don't know where to find it, but it's on. Comedy Slam Radio live every Monday night from nine to ten Eastern. And then time. after, after the show, where does it go? It was in the day. It goes to really? Stitcher Radio, Podomatic, and it also goes to iTunes. That's okay. right. We have joined the fruit generation, folks. Let's be Frank's podcast on iTunes. I'm a fruity bastard, but not that kind of fruit. That's all I got to say. I like apple because it's the fruit of knowledge, and I'm a little stupid, and I need to eat a lot of apples. Quiggy, what are you up to? Talking to you guys. You ain't saying <laughs> shit. So, hey, I got your website up here, and the first thing I see is Donald Trump, and then we got some Sarah Palin. Who You got some famous people you roasted before? Or what's going on? Tell me about uh, some of how fabulous you in, are. I was involved with creating a roast for the 85 Bears, and we roasted Mike Ditka, the coach at that roast. Wow. That's awesome. And, it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, it was a lot of fun. He's uh, a little sensitive, you might find. You, you might not believe that. Oh, poor Dicta. <laughs> I know. This has been... A name like Dicta. Come on. <laughs> You'd think he, they beat the sensitivity out of that guy. <laughs> so you've been roasting exactly. people since like the 80s and stuff? Or how far, exactly, how far back? He's got a weekly gig on ESPN, and I'm on the radio with you guys. So uh, Yeah, so you're doing better than he is. matter. You're doing better than he is, man. This is the place to be. Fat Davey is where it's at. Comedy Slam Radio, Let's Be Frank Show. 
with Gwiggy and Mo, Maureen. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I'm going to be texting you at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Right? I'm just going to text you, hey, Mo. Yeah. I, hey, Mo, how you doing, yeah. Mo? So, Maureen, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Didn't mean to do that. We'll talk later, Ricky. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mo, how you doing? <laughs> Mo! <laughs> it's funny. I rang the bell and my engineer looked at me like, do you need something? <laughs> like, no, I just felt like ringing a bell, calling out Mo. So while you're traveling around and you're doing comedy, and I've interviewed some other people from Chicago uh, or, you know, uh, we've had Tom Driesen on and we've had on, you've got, you probably know Dobie Maxwell. I do. Great guy. So there's a lot of great comedians that are coming out of there. Uh, now yourself, you're nine, 10 years in, who, who around you is coming up that you think are some really good people you'd like to give a shout-out to, some of the local comedians that you think are worthy of having their name out there on such a, an illustrious <laughs> show like this? Well, guys that I've worked with that have already uh, already zoomed to the top, uh, Hannibal Burris, T.J. Miller, they're, they're both from here. Mike Palisak's from here. Uh, they're already out there zooming. Next up, I'd say... Uh, my friend Ben Hanlon, he's in L.A. Tim Joyce, who's in Buffalo. Tommy Bottoms, who's in Chicago. You ever think Those of going to L.A.? Pop into mind. You ever think of moving out to L.A. yourself, make the big move? Now that you got that new Atkins body, try to get yourself some sitcom deals? Well, yeah, I'm more waiting for the love scene. Hey, man, uh, but, but you can't get no scene if you're not there. Can't get no scene if you don't go to L.A. Love scene. I think fat guy porn is getting popular. <laughs> you might have to put on some weight. I'm hoping. He's speechless. <laughs> I, I shut down the whole room. And this is why my show is better than my stand-up, apparently. Did we lose you? Well, oh, no. Cool. <laughs> he just grabbed his chest. And- listeners. I've just gouged their eyes out. <laughs> Luckily, on we get all the thousands of listeners without having to see me. That's why I so promote the podcast and not looking at my ugly mug. Mm-hmm. Although I am the best-looking fat guy there is. I don't care what anybody says, including the fat guy to the right. I'm the best fat-looking man in America, and soon everybody's going to know that. Soon. As soon as I tell everybody. <laughs> I've only told two or 3,000 people on Podomatic, Stitcher, Weekly. Nobody seems to believe me. Okay. Well, maybe when they start sending you pie, you'll know. Mm, pie. He's sending you door to door. Exactly. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of pie? <laughs> you can't eat anymore now that you're on Atkins. What was? <laughs> the kind that somebody else pays for, of course. <laughs> That's the Jewish answer. I like that. That's the kosher. It's free. It's Actually, for me. It, back in the day when I was eating it, from the International House of Pies, we had triple berry with vanilla ice cream. Nice. He got some berries. He brought some fruit into there. He had some ice cream. I'll probably vanilla. Did you say vanilla? I did. Vanilla ice cream and berries. <laughs> Mo, what do you think of that? I'm drooling right mm. <laughs> Yeah, now, say. you've been doing pretty good on your diet, didn't you yeah. say? Yeah, 16 pounds in three weeks. 16 pounds yes, in three sir. weeks. Awesome. 
That's almost I want a pound the, a day. I want That's that money, good. Ricky. I just want the money. I mean, I want the health. Yes. yes. <laughs> You're a nurse. That's it, damn it. How are you a nurse and not in 100% perfect shape? That's bullshit. That's like a, a fat doctor myself. Because when I was 16, I thought I'd kill somebody. <laughs> and the answer was, go to dinner. <laughs> and I think psychologically, whenever I get stressed out, I tend to eat. And I think there's a connection there that is only being explored with the writing of this book. So I think if I just cut my eating out to when I was stressed out, I would probably lose a lot of weight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get stressed that much. How can I be stressed? I have a well, life. I have a show. I got Ricky March on the phone. I got Mo here. <laughs> I got Gwiggy, who's not participating at all in this shit. I'm thinking. What are you thinking about? <laughs> <No>. The pies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Rick, Ricky, what shows do you Maureen, have coming up? I wanted to ask Maureen because she's in the healthcare field and she knows this. Why are all dietitians fatter than Dave? What's the deal? I agree. Nutritionists, that they're is, supposed to know, and they're huge. Uh, you know what? It's uh, I, I don't even have an answer for that. And it's so funny you said it because I have a friend who is like too thin, too thin, and she's a dietitian. And we always ask her, you know, like what what's a healthy diet? And she's like, oh, I don't I don't need a diet. And she's just like, yeah, but you have to answer was, that question for other people. She goes, when I get stressed out, I just forget to eat. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I mean, I, I go back in my life and I've worked two jobs and I've gone to school full time and I've had major stressors. And the one thing, Ricky, I assure you, I have never forgotten to eat. <laughs> no. Hell no. Of course not. Yeah. So. I forget to exercise maybe, but right. not eat. Right. How do you exercise? It's like getting to have a scotch in the morning. Come on. <laughs> That's like Listerine in the morning. You use little squats because you can't swallow Listerine, but you can swallow the scotch. And you get that same exactly. feeling. My boss don't like it, but <laughs> feeling is great for me. Hey, you can drive the school bus sober. It's okay. That's right. As long as it's the little short bus. Hey, so Ricky, for uh, everybody oh, yeah, listening, because you... it's an international base here, uh, where can people come see you next perform? Not a roast, but a comedy show. My next performance? Well, um... I'm in Chicago. I'm not on the road for a couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. That's uh, right. In two weeks, he's coming to my uh, aunt's I'm birthday in, party. In Chicago, in the Chicago area. Of course, I'm coming to Florida to roast your aunt, Dave. Yes. But uh, aside from that, I'm mostly in town. Yeah. Nice. What's one of your favorite cities that you've got to go to and work at? Because you have traveled around. Oh, yeah. I would, I would say I've had a ton of fun in... Uh, in uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota, that the crowds there are just amazing. They actually come to listen to comedy, and uh, it's, it's just delightful. You know, you're not competing with people who came into a bar to drink. It's fun as hell. And then I start to do the corporate gigs as we get closer to holidays, and those are always fun because since they pay, they're going to listen. How long did it take you before you felt comfortable? going from just doing stand-up to really just feeling comfortable with the, the um, corporate gigs? I wouldn't, I don't think I'm comfortable right now because I, I like that edge of nervousness, but I just told myself, you can do this. And I did. And people laughed and then they wrote checks. And so that's, 
So if I say I could do this, I, I should just. I don't think I'm ever comfortable. I don't think Louis C.K. is comfortable, but I think he believes in himself, and I believe in myself. I believe in myself. I'm just going to start booking corporate gigs. I agree. Like, what, what, I like them. What's the. No, I have a lot of experience in sales, electronics, housing, financing. What What's your suggestion to somebody to say, okay, I want to do corporate gigs? I would imagine. Like myself, you want to look at things that you know you're familiar with so that if you go into that, you could say, hey, you know, I know a little bit about it. Or you just go outside of the box and don't care whoever hires you is good enough. Well, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. I mean, if there's if last year I did a uh, I did a show for McDonald's of Green Bay. There's like 16 stores up there. And for their corporate Christmas party, I did a show for them in a Salvation Army Center where there was no booze. Oh. That was talk about. So I talked about how you can lose weight and still eat the shit they sell. Nice, like the apple slices in the back of the cooler that are going mold. No, too, too many, too much sugar in there. Come on, Maureen, set them straight. <laughs> no buns allowed. I said apple slices. No buns, no apple. Yeah, you can't eat apples. Not on Atkins. You can eat healthy. Not on Atkins. Here, here's a, you can Atkins. You, in phase three, you can have apples. Yeah. Look at this. We're turning into an Atkins commercial. I told you. I told you. Yep. Yes. You know, I've done I've done corporate stuff, and I actually really like it. But it it was such a learning experience, and and I'll give you a back to back example. I did uh, I did a comedy show on a Saturday night to a, a smoke filled place, and everybody was drinking. Everybody's having a good time, and then I did a corporate show Sunday morning and everybody was in business suits and it was a breakfast entertainment <laughs> and all they were drinking was orange juice. And it is, it's, it's nerve wracking, but it's, it's a, to me, it's a much calmer accepting audience. And like you said, they, they have paid up front and, and they're expecting, you know, a certain quality in that. So, but what I like about corporate is very rarely is there the heckling and the people, you know, answering you back and being part of your show, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, well, I, I've liked doing at them. At breakfast, they're not awake. To heck uh, yeah. No. But, uh, yeah, to look out at your audience and see everybody drinking orange juice and uh, eating um, breakfast items and wearing business suits for your for your corporate entertainment is a little um, unnerving. I think just actually being able to I'll see the you, whole I'll audience. I'll tell you one yeah. bigger than that is I did comedy in a woman's prison. Did you? Awesome. Really? Yeah. Wow. In uh, in central Illinois, about two and a half hours from here, there is a uh, there is a minimum security women's prison, and me and four or five other comics went. And here's the thing: if you're a middle aged white guy, you're probably the reason that those most of those wow. women are in jail. So <laughs> nice. that's the last thing they wanted to see was me. <laughs> the two black comics who are men, and then the women comics, they should have gone. Guys like me, not a chance. Was silent in there. Oh wow! When when you did that, did they give you a um, a list of um, subjects not allowed? You know, did they give any uh, discretion to your set before well, you went in? Just just don't curse. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, right, because they've never heard it. Before. Exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, really, you couldn't curse in a prison? That's pretty nuts. No, it's that's a bad example. Yes, so because said, the example needs to be set for them. There's 650 beautiful women, and I'm mm. going home alone. 
And a woman in the front who's relinquished her femininity said, you're damn right. And I said, sir, you are the example. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Once again, not a lot of laughs, but (laughs) the the guards were there and they had rifles, so I was fine. Yeah. Some some jokes are just for the comedians. Mm-hmm. That's how I answer that. They're like, oh, you didn't laugh? That one was just for the comedians. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I'm the only comedian in the room? It was just for me. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> you know. Uh, you going to say something? 3,000 listeners who can find me at bestcomedyroast.com. <laughs> and for the mere price of anywhere between $500 and $5,000, depending on how big your budget is, me and a couple other comics will come out and make you laugh at your own expense. See now that was a, that was a risky thing for you to say, depending on how big your budget is, because I could lie to you and tell you it's small now and get you for five hundred bucks. Well, you can propose five hundred dollars, but it doesn't mean that I'll accept. Yeah. If right. we have to travel, then of course the rate goes up. How, how much do I have to pay for the for the ants roast in, on the thirteenth? <laughs> or is that like a freebie, a like a teaser? Beef, a couple of pounds of corned beef, and maybe you get filter fish. Nice. I could do it. <laughs> I mean, you do have room and boarding included in this offer, Ricky. There is a couch. There you go. You know what? I will take the couch, and you could stay at my cousin's house. I heard it's very nice. I haven't been there, uh, but hey, I'm sure. Well, how far is Mo? How far is Mo live from there? Uh, about four from from the party. About four. How, yeah. how far are you from Fort Lauderdale? I'm about the same as you are. <laughs> well, you, okay. Well, you live in that yeah. weird section. I try not to go to Pinellas Park too Pinellas often. Pinellas Park, man. Ours. Ours. Try not to go I there. I live in Pinellas Park. The world's largest Walmart is in our neck of the woods, literally. Yes. As and- is the world's largest flea market. Now, yes. I mean, those are claims to fame from a person born and raised in Chicago. So. The, 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 and there are more houses that travel on wheels in Pinellas <laughs> Park than any other part of Florida. The wheels have been stolen. They don't travel anymore. So You can put them back on pretty easy. <laughs> I know. I grew up in that industry. So you guys are in the part. You guys are in the part of Florida where dentistry doesn't exist. Well, we do have a fluoride issue. I wouldn't go that far. We're at the fence looking in, basically. (laughs) They're now trying to put fluoride in our water because the people down here don't get enough. Well, but on the flip side, we're allowed to buy big gulps. (laughs) We're not limited to sixteen ounce drink cups. (laughs) Yeah, didn't they do that up in New York? (laughs) Exactly. That's horrible. My poor family up in New York, they can't get a big drink. So now the Indian people will sell the black market big gulps. It's very, very tasty. So, Rick, believe it or not. Yes, sir. I was just about to say we got our last five minutes of the show, and all of a sudden now Wiggy has a fucking question. We only had five minutes left. Well, we're already over an hour. Didn't I tell you the show goes fast? Sometimes we get to an hour, hour, ten minutes. So go ahead, ask your final. Open up. Say something, Gwiggy. Well, I was going to ask a little bit about the roast here. <laughs> Typically, like, uh, when you uh, do a roast, you, you, on your website you have you and three other people. How many usually go out to most roasts? Uh, normally it's just me and another person, unless somebody's really creating quite the bar mitzvah for themselves. Okay. Um, Are you at ev- Because we each do a half an hour. Which is interesting to do because you don't want to repeat any of the material. Yeah. Um, so normally two. That's cool. So now the roast that we went to, a lot of times around here, there'll be like seven comics on the stage roasting one person. There are a bunch of people that just really get excited of, of wanting to make fun of people. That's about it. So. Yeah. Uh, 
What What do you think about those kind of roasts? Are you? Those Those are fun. I've done some of those where you know you're in the uh, you're on the dais or you're in the audience and everybody who you know like we had a birthday roast for my friend Matt Drufke a couple of years ago, and he's another phenomenal Chicago comic, one of the nicest guys in the world, and uh, they had a roast for him and. Uh, People on the dais were making fun of other comics, of Matt. It was a great time. So those are fun mm-hmm. when everybody can laugh at each other. Now, now, roast is really more of like, as far as with comedians, it's it's more of like a high honor in a sense. What what do you think usually constitutes uh, someone being deserving of a roast in a sense? In your like, well, someone who's deserving of a roast, yeah, um, either somebody who's a huge asshole. <laughs> or who thinks that they're not a huge asshole. Well, that's Those an honor. Qualification. <laughs> I think we should roast me, I'm ready to let anybody know that they are or are not. Nice. <laughs> or if they have enough money to afford to be roasted, they're good too. Well, of course, that's, that is your ideal roastee. <laughs> nice. So we are down to the last four or five minutes of the show. And I like to open this up for, I know this will be Maureen's favorite part, shameless plugs. I thought we did that already for like the half the show with her. Yeah, but this is the last five minutes and I want, well, you probably got nothing to friggin' talk about, Mr. Friggin' Quiggy standing up guy. And we're out of time. (laughs) (laughs) But Maureen, I did want you to, I want you to tell everybody where to go to get your book, where they can buy it. You can check my website for everything, MaureenSullivanRN.com. Links to Twitter, to Facebook, to LinkedIn, to StumbleUpon, etc. And where else can they find your book aside from your website? Where can On they buy it? Kindle, uh, which is Amazon.com. All right. I'm proud of you. Have Thank you sold you. anything there yet? Yes. You have? I'm waiting on Oprah. She could be calling right now. So you have two dreams. One is you're trying to get past security at a Ron White show. Yes. Ricky, and... help me out, man. Help me out. <laughs> and Oprah. Who to, maybe you can get your own like show on her network? What'd you say, Rick? You have to buy a ticket like everybody else. No, I Ron buy a Wright. ticket, but apparently security doesn't think that when I see Ron look out at me from the stage, they don't seem to think that he's sending me a message. Okay, so <laughs> I head up the stage. They bring me back to my seat. Okay, I don't even understand what you like about Ron White. He's got like wood teeth. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I absolutely, you'll, you'll love this ring. I absolutely adore this man. And I'm not really sure why. I think his comedy is just phenomenal. And I've seen him like every show and I know every line of his comedy and I would still go see him again. I'm going to see him in, in January. But my I, I try and emulate the storytelling that he does so well, in my opinion. And I was with my husband and somebody came up after a show I did and they said, you know what? You remind us of that comedian, Ron White. And that to me was the biggest compliment. And my husband, like... What does <laughs> that cigar smoking, what bourbon or scotch drinking comedian have to do with my wife? You know, so, but <clears throat> he's a, uh, he's nothing great guy. yet, but your wife's trying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Any day now. Of all the guys in blue collar, I will tell you, he is my favorite. I know. I think he's a class act going out in a suit all the time. I think that's, that's a, a step above, uh, Get her done. <laughs> there you go. Who's missing sleeves most of the shows? Who's <laughs> making a scotch. lot more money? I know. That man, get her the, the get her done guy got his own. Larry, Larry the cable. 
Larry the Cable Guy got his own chicken batter. He got you mm-hmm. go. You can buy his mix of everything in the world. He's got his name on everything. It should be Larry's Prilosec. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Larry's heartburn medication. Call me up. So, Rick, we are down to like the last minute and a half. So go ahead and blast out where you're going to be. Make sure we know the name of your website. Tell everybody that this is the best show you've ever been on. This is the best show I've ever been on. And there's no gun to my head. Either help me. Uh, I'm at bestcomedyroast.com. Roasts, plural. Uh, Ricky March on Facebook. R-I-C-K-Y-M-A-R-C-H. Cranky Ricky on Twitter. Because there's a Ricky March who's some guy from Spain. And he wouldn't give it up. Uh, And uh, I don't use LinkedIn. Although I probably should. But... Yeah, Cranky Ricky on Twitter, Ricky March on Facebook, bestcomedyroast.com. And this has been a blast. You guys made this last hour. It'll never come back. It's gone. My life is <laughs> I could picture the phone call we leave. Uh, Ricky's going to call Mo and be like, what the hell happened? How did I get sucked into that black abyss of the Let's Be Frank show? It just It puts Las Vegas to shame, doesn't it, Ricky? Huh? You know, well, you know what? There's no buffets. There's no cheap hookers, except for Griggy. And yeah, I just cheap. don't know what else to say. <laughs> you know, you know how I it's get people. It's been an absolute veritable delight. <laughs> I know how I how I got Ricky to <laughs> an absolutely bearable. <laughs> I get everybody bearable. by mentioning just like the the handful of famous people that have called into the show. I'm like, hey, all these famous people called. Would you call too? And everybody thinks it's going to be this great high-end show, and then they're like, holy shit, how the hell did you get to all those famous And now, Ricky, your name is going to be used in quite the same manner. We had Ricky Mars last week. Come on, join the show. It's going to be great. Absolutely. People will be hanging up in droves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I asked you where your favorite city was, Maureen. uh, We have just another minute or two, so... What's your favorite city to perform comedy in? And don't say fucking Pinellas Park. Oh, it is Las Vegas. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm I, happy I love it. I love Vegas. Vegas. I love Vegas. You can be anything at any time there and get away with it. Because what happens in Vegas huh? stays in Vegas. Yeah. I've gone there and just every well, person I met, like I gave a different name to. podcast on the road, Frank. Maybe one day, you know, I got to have enough money. Maybe if I was in Wall Street for a little while and could build up a big savings account. But I don't want to have to walk around with like a size 18 shoe to save it. I got to have a little walking around money. Can I get my size 15s? I need an extra 100. Check Facebook later for a for a photo of Frank's or Dave Frank's uh, shoe. They're very big. It'll need a wide angle lens. All right, guys. Let me plug, too. Just real quick. It's sad, pathetic. I only got one plug. Plug away, baby. All right. Tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, Tuesday night, right here on Comedy Slam Radio. Controlled Chaos. Controlled Chaos. You've even been on there, so. I've been on there. You're the ugly one. I'm the ugly one. Because he does a show with a rock star. Pretty much. All right. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. If you've been listening and you're in Florida, make sure you're at Jack's Joint for the Cholesterols of Comedy on October 12th. Ricky, thank you for calling in. Maureen, night. thank you for stopping by. Gwiggy, get the hell off my show. Oh, get the hell off your show. <laughs> Good we'll night, Rick. We'll speak to you next week, everybody. Good night. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate Thanks it. for listening in to the Let's Be Frank show on ComedySlamRadio.com. 
If you missed this show or would like to catch up on past shows, visit us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's Podcast. And have a great night. We'll see you next week. What was that? I'll tell you what that was. That was another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com, where we put the dot com in 